no pulse, not breathing, you call 911. On this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Dr. Johnny here, and this is another episode of Pushback. I am so grateful that you're joining me again this week. Uh, It is my pleasure to share my heart with you each and every week uh, about current topics, uh, things of the kingdom, and most importantly about the culture in which we live in because we aren't helpless victims of the culture. We set and shape the culture. It's our role and our, our purpose here on this earth. And so I want to encourage you in any way that I can or know how to, uh, to, to impact culture. And this podcast is going to be no different. I just finished a four-part series uh, entitled May the Force Be With You. Uh, it was regarding uh, William Wilberforce, uh, one of the greatest reformers in history uh, and uh, has been given almost full credit for uh, ending and abolishing the slave trade uh, in England. And it's such a great story, uh, but it is completely applicable to what we are dealing with today. So many of our cultural issues, and of course I tied it in very specifically to the abortion issue because there is an an eerie um, uh, similarity to the cultural things he was facing and that topic to what we are facing and the the pro-life movement currently. And so I really encourage you to lean into that. If it impacted you, I encourage you to share it with others. Uh, And speaking of sharing with others, I want to encourage you to check out pushbackculture.org. Pushbackculture.org is my website. It gives you a a place and a chance to donate. It also has all of the links to the podcast, as well as YouTube links that you can uh, connect to. And most importantly, it is a place for you to leave a comment or a question. And that's the center of my heart in doing this is to get feedback from people. And my heart in doing this isn't that you just agree with everything that I say. It's, it's so important that we are able and willing to discuss these big, important issues. And if you've listened to season one and, and this portion of season two, we're almost halfway through uh, season two you will know that I'm not afraid to go after big topics. I've been hitting the big ones. And uh, it's important that we understand and know how to talk about these things. And so even if you have questions or you're not even sure you agree with me, I want to hear your comments and, and concerns because that allows and enables discussion, which is the center of my heart. So pushbackculture.org. Uh, I mentioned that I talked, did this four-part series on, on William Wilberforce and how it pertains to the abortion issue that we're facing today. And at the end, I explained that uh, William Wilberforce, and I quote, tried to master the subject of the slave trade and to obtain information from every available source. Well, I would like to pledge to you, my listeners, that in my heart, I plan to uh, master the subject of abortion. 
and to obtain every information from every available source. I believe it's so important. So there will be future podcasts in this regard and in that topic. Uh, It's probably going to require some parental discretion because this is a rough, violent topic. And that's why it is so important that we talk about it because it's happening every day in our culture. And so, can I just read one more quote from William Wilberforce? He said, let it never be forgotten. These poor Negroes, destitute, miserable, degraded as they are, are never the last of his majesty's leisure subjects and are entitled to as much by the principles of our holy religion to more of the protection of the British Constitution because they are deserted, destitute, and degraded. It ties into exactly what we're talking about. This abortion issue, these unborn babies are actually entitled to more of our effort, more of our protection, more of our compassion. And, and as we segue off of this subject, it, it is a perfect transition because I believe even in this abortion issue, if we sit around and we wait for somebody else to do it, guess what? We are 50 years later down the track and there's been no change. That's what happens and that's what I want to talk about today. It's standing up for what we believe in and not just waiting for somebody else to do it. It's called a group mentality. Someone else will do it if we don't individually stand up for what we believe in. I've mentioned a couple times in my podcast as a physician, I've taken a class called ATLS. I've referenced that many times in relationship to culture and tying that into culture and family and the way that we behave. There's a, a, a preliminary course called BLS, which is basic life support, and that's basic CPR and things that we do if we find somebody down at the mall or in the parking lot. And we learn in BLS that we check on the patient and, and we see if they are breathing or if they have a pulse. First, we check a pulse and we, in our class, say out loud, this patient has no pulse and they are not breathing. And we are then instructed to begin CPR. But before we do that, because studies have shown that if somebody has a collapse, that is most likely a cardiac collapse, and the result of that collapse is most likely something called V-fib or ventricular fibrillation, where their heart is actually not getting good blood supply, and it actually begins to actually shake uh, and not beat Uh, effectively. And they enter into a rhythm called ventricular fibrillation. And the way that you treat that rhythm is with, um, with, with the paddles, with the electric paddles where we shock their heart and we, it's a defibrillator and uh, we place that on. And so we either want to find an AED or more likely we have somebody call 911, which would allow medical professionals to come because the success or the recovery of this patient is contingent on the time it takes to to defibrillate them. And so we have learned that we check a pulse, we say no pulse, not breathing, we begin CPR, but we call out, you call 911. Now, studies have shown that if somebody leans over this person and calls out into the atmosphere or the group that is surrounding this patient, which most likely happens, that no one will call 911. 
So we have learned in this class that you have to lock eyes with somebody, anybody, and you have to look them in the eye and say, you call 911. And the reason is, is if we single somebody out, they will take responsibility and they will do it. If we call it out into the atmosphere, somebody will assume somebody else will do it and then no one will do it. And medical help will not arrive. You call 911. And that's the point of this podcast is for me to look you in the eye and say, you call 911. Because if you don't do it, if you assume somebody else will do it, nothing will change. We need to act individually. See, we in our culture today, we have a national, sometimes even a global focus. Sometimes we're victims of cable news and the the amount of information that we are given so quickly in such a short period of time that we are overwhelmed with information. And most of the information that we get is actually national information. And the national focus, a national group mentality, actually creates a culture of anonymity where we can sort of hide behind sort of this group focus and we can allow or or feel like those that are in charge, most namely politicians typically, they are the ones that will take care of it. Now, I'm not saying anything bad about politicians, and I actually honor them and respect them for taking the position and being public servants. But historically speaking, our politicians have let us down, have not done the things or, or consistently provided the results that we have asked them for. And because of this national focus, that we feel like like in this crowd around this person who has collapsed, somebody else will take care of it. See, now politicians, they respond to the will of the people. They need to respond to the will of the people or they won't be politicians much longer. (laughs) They don't set policy and legislation never changes hearts. It's about personal responsibility. See, I believe the church is victim of this mentality as well. I believe the church, if we even look just demographically, there is a mega church movement. And this mega church movement, in my opinion, creates a danger of anonymous participants. Now, I'm not saying anything bad specifically about megachurches. I'm just saying that there is a danger that somebody can come in and somebody can leave and no change is required and no personal responsibility is needed. And this megachurch movement um, or any church movement that doesn't require any personal responsibility for what we are there for can actually create this culture of anonymity. So what is the purpose of a church? The purpose of a church is to equip the saints to do the work. And my concern is what I'm seeing culturally in church is that there is no equipping and there's no work. (laughs) It has become this country club mentality where we sign membership papers to enter into a country club to be served and not equipped to actually go out and do the work. We're all waiting for somebody else to do it, like the pastor or their staff 
or their programs that they create. And we sit in the seat and we watch as the worship team performs and the pastor gives a stirring, inspirational speech, but there's no change. There's no activation. There's no empowerment. Now, I'm not saying that in all churches, in all circumstances, and I'm not saying that about all sermons or all people. But I'm saying this culturally. There is that possibility. There is that 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 the cultural um, potential for us to come in and to leave without taking any responsibility for what we were created for in the first place. Social media, uh, this this monster of social media over the last fifteen years or so, has created this unprecedented anonymity in our culture, and it's dangerous. I don't like it. People write things in social media that they would never say to someone's face because they are removed, they are detached, they are anonymous. There is a term called groupthink. I looked up the definition of groupthink, and groupthink is the practice of thinking or making decisions as a group in a way that discourages creativity or individual responsibility. My friends, I believe that's what we're seeing in our culture today. And this groupthink actually not only removes responsibility and creativity, I think it removes common sense sometimes, or even just basic sensibilities. There is, uh, I encourage you to go to YouTube and type in conformity experiment or elevator conformity experiment. (laughs) It'll make you laugh and there's a certain sadness to it as well. In this video, they um, it's black and white, it's, it's old, um, but they have somebody, uh, they wait for somebody to enter into an elevator, and then they send in three or four actors to enter into the elevator behind them, but instead of facing forward where the doors are in the elevator, the actors actually face the back. And so the first person, the, the, the point of this experiment, is now facing the camera forward through the doors, while all other three or four are actually facing the back. Well, it doesn't take long, as you can imagine, before there is an uncomfortable atmosphere in that elevator, and that one single person turns around and faces the back. And it wasn't just one person. There's video after video, about three, four, five, where people completely conform to whatever the group is doing. In psychology, it's called the ash conformity experiments or the ash paradigm. It refers to a series of studies directed by Solomon Ash studying if and how individuals yielded to or defied a, or defied a majority group and the effect of such influences on beliefs and opinions. It's fascinating. It's fascinating how more often than not, we conform to whatever the group is doing. These actors actually moved just like 90 degrees to the left. And of course, the experimented person turned and then they turned forward and they turned forward. (laughs) They followed whatever the group did. So just go on YouTube and type in conformity experiment or elevator conformity and you will see it. It's it's worth viewing because it's eye-opening. It's eye-opening. We follow whatever the group is doing, and the group allows us to stay in this anonymous position so that nothing ever really changes. Nothing ever changes. There are, are several people who I certainly respect and 
follow. And you hear me quote Winston Churchill very often. And he says, I never worry about action, but only inaction. John Greenleaf Whittier said, for all sad words of tongue and pen, the saddest are these. It might have been. Nathaniel Hawthorne said, preach, write, act, do anything, save to lie down and die. (laughs) These men need us to stand up and to be individuals for the things that we believe in, or else nothing happens if we assume somebody else is going to do it. It's frustrating. My daughter is a volleyball player, and she'll be the first to admit this. There's nothing more frustrating on a volleyball court when a ball is hit over to a team and two players actually back away from the ball, assuming the other is going to take it. We've all seen it, and the ball lifelessly bounces to the ground. As a coach, it must drive them crazy. I always told her, as a coach, I would never have a problem with two players colliding into each other going after a ball because of what's... Winston Churchill said, he never worries about action, but only inaction. It's a perfect example. That's what we are called to do. Do anything, as Nathaniel Hawthorne would say. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Romans 14, 7 through 12. For none of us lives to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For this end, Christ died. For this end, Christ died and rose and lived again, that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us shall give account of himself to God. Let me read that again. So then, each of us shall give account of himself or herself to God. See, we have to give an account for what we have been given and what we care for and what we stand for. The Bible is full of stories for those that stood up for what was right. The story of the Good Samaritan where those just simply walked by and assumed that somebody else would take care of them. But the Samaritan took him and nursed him back to health and cared for him and paid for him and took responsibility for him and stood up, even though it was culturally almost abhorrent for a Samaritan to interchange with this other group. He went countercultural and took care of him and did what was right. And that's where we're at now. That's the whole point of a pushback type podcast is to say that there is a, a river that is flowing and there's a strong current and all of the group is doing it. All of them are standing and facing the back of the elevator. What are you going to do? Are you going to simply turn, hop on your inner tube and just float down the river? Or are you going to stand And go against the current and push back and be noticed and take responsibility 
because all of us are going to give an account. I've quoted this before. A local pastor, a dear friend of mine, said, whatever we take responsibility in, we have authority over. So take a stand and do something. Let people know where you stand. Remember to use I statements because this isn't about condemnation or judgment. But this is how I stand. This is what I believe. You might be surprised with how many people actually agree with you, but it's not about agreement. It's about being personally accountable and responsible. It's, it's to give an account. I've just heard a wonderful re- recent teaching about, about not being so national focused, but being um, small town and individual and regionally focused. And actually, historically, when we talk about revivals and awakenings, we think, oh, it must have been in some religious center or hub or mecca of religious thought or purpose. No, it was typically out in the country someplace in some small rural area with, by a handful of people that got caught, uh, caught up and took hold of what the kingdom really was. And the spirit moved in powerful ways. And it spread organically. So we need to be individually and locally focused. Revival starts in our hearts, of course. It starts in our regions and the people that we care about. So we shouldn't be so nationally and group focused where we just simply blend in and not make waves and simply go with what everyone else is going with. But we need to stand up, be noticed. Sometimes it is the loudest that gets heard. Now, I'm not talking about being obnoxious. And I'm not talking about being arrogant. Because I know sometimes we are supposed to do things without focus being on us. I'm talking about topics and about culture. I'm talking about being effective and accountable. See, this I know is true. In the kingdom, you are not anonymous. There's only one, and that's the enemy that wants you to think that you are, that you are unaccountable, that you have no bearing on the future of this country or this culture, that you are not worthy, you are not qualified, you are not able. You need to simply blend in and stay out of the way. There's only one that wants you to think that. In the kingdom, you are not anonymous. In the kingdom, you are royalty. You are full of purpose. You are full of effectiveness. And you will be accountable for that position. (laughs) So you might be listening to this or listening to my previous podcast about abortion, and you might be thinking, what do I do? And the answer is do anything. (laughs) That's what Nathaniel Hawthorne would say. Do anything save to lie down and die. Stand up, be heard. It might be as simple as donating to something you believe in. It might be as simple as telling somebody what you believe in. It might be as simple as demonstrating what you believe in. Loving somebody and caring for somebody. It's about being who we were created to be. My friends, I love and honor you, and I'm I'm so thankful that you listen each and every week. I ask you to spread the word. I ask you to consider to donate to this cause and the things that we are doing. This is listener-supported, and I so covet and appreciate all of the support I've already received. 
I ask you to consider to donate to this cause. And you can donate on pushbackculture.org. Please visit the website. Leave your comments and your questions. Even some things you wish I would talk about that I haven't talked about yet. I, I would love to hear your feedback. And thank you for listening. So let's go together now to set and shape the culture. <laughs>